Come on and worship him. Come on and worship him. Thank you. Come on and worship him. You can worship the Lord. You can worship him. You can worship him. Come on and worship him. Worship him. Stay right there. 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 Just worship him. We honor you, God. We bless your name, Lord. Anointing. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your power. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we worship you, we worship you. Hey, we worship you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, God. I worship you, God. I worship you, God. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. you Lord we worship you God now God we bless your name for where you are in, in us and in this place and we give you great glory and honor we lift up our voices to worship you speak in this place have your way Holy Spirit, oh my soul. Give peace. Take joy, my King. Take complete control, God. In what? Have your way. In Jesus' name. And let it Amen. be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Now, I don't want you to hesitate when you something like that let it flow I love you Lord and I live my voice to worship you oh my soul rejoice take joy my 
I gave you in Philippians chapter 3 Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 I'm going to deal with 13 through 
21, but just 13 and 14 for the reading today. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you can, just wave over somebody and just tell them giving up is not an option for me. Amen. Giving up is not an option for me. It's not an option for me. Giving up is not an option. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I was, um, as we are in the middle now of the debate over the budget and over two major bills, one of infrastructure and one of the social safety net for the nation, if the recent events haven't taught you anything, it should have taught you that this is one world and that these United States are connected to every facet of the world. Went by to see my doctor by my knee, and while sitting in there, an elderly gentleman was talking to his daughter, and he said, his daughter, he said, uh, did you see the smoke and the clouds over Hartford today? She said, she said yeah, he said, he said, yeah, those are from the wildfires in California. She was much younger and much more impetuous, but definitely was not connected to the news. And she looked at him like he had three heads. There's no smoke or flame or ember from California that got to Connecticut. What Sister Girl didn't realize was the old man was right. What was happening in California was connected here in Connecticut. And so the part of what, what is happening now with these budgets are budget referendums that also take on the environment. And there's nobody fight for the environment any more than uh, Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders says, giving up is not an option if we want to prevent irreparable harm to our planet. Bernie's right, because we only have one planet. And there is no replacement for the oxygen that we breathe. At least we don't have it. I've come to understand that there are things in life where you have to bear down and recognize that giving up is not an option. That there is no plan B, C, D, F. That you got to make it with what you got. You got to do the best with what you have while you can. Giving up is not an option. I, I, um, I, I never will forget the 1992 Olympics. And many of you probably saw it. Those, those Olympic Games were celebrated in Barcelona. And there, the Olympic Games, as they were running, I never will forget Derek Redman. I believe he was running in the 400-meter race. And as he's running, he tears something in his hamstring. And with his torn hamstring, he keeps trying to run, 
tears running down his face. De Derek is running. He's, he's doing the best he can. I, I believe there's a picture of it there. De 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 he's going. He's going at it with all of his might. And then his dad comes out on the field. He joins him on the track and helps him limp around the stadium. Now, on the record, the Olympics put down a, a, a did not finish. DQ disqualified because he had help getting around the track. That's what they said on the record. But later on, the Olympic Committee celebrated him in a video. And they said this, strength is measured in pounds. Speed is measured in seconds. But courage, you can't measure it. Here he was, by one standard, he had failed their line. Someone helped him. But by another greater standard, he had raised all of us up to realize that giving up is not an option. And I don't want to tell you this, let me just help you here. Don't, don't worry if while you're on your journey, you need a little help to make it across the real finish line. But I'm just so glad that the Heavenly Father doesn't mind coming down, breaking rules, pushing other folk out the way that would only be in your way and helping you to get to the next level. I, I need to tell you this. I believe Ed Cole was absolutely unequivocally right when he wrote, winners are not those who never fail, but those who never quit. And you have to make yourself into a winner by never quitting. Just saying, I'm not giving up. It's not an option. I, 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 got, I have to be completely transparent and honest with you because you wouldn't expect nothing but, the, but that from me. There is no life without setbacks. Life comes replete with setbacks. In other words, stuff goes wrong. There's always going to be stuff that will happen that will mess with your head. Life has setbacks. Life is filled with obstacles, obstructions that stand in the way of progress. They're always there. They're always there. I know you may feel like they're only there for you. And it may appear that everybody else never has to go through what you go through. And you're the only one that has to deal with what you're dealing with. But I ought to tell you this. Whether you hear about it from them or not, everybody dealing with something. I didn't say everybody. I said everybody. Dealing with something. You, you, you have to know that while the roadblocks are difficult, they are not determinative. You can overcome. You can overcome. Roadblocks don't mean that you stop. Just means you find another way. It just means you keep on going around up and over. 
And if you want a life free of roadblocks, you better check into a new motel. Because the one you joined came with issues. And I am delighted that the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church at that Rome, he wrote them the, the words that said to them, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so I want to tell you the reason giving up not an option for you is you must remember you're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. I, I heard a story told the other day. I don't know. This, the, uh, the analogy the apostle draws here with pressing and stretching is an Olympic analogy. So if you wonder why I'm using the Olympics as a part of this conversation, it's because he's using it because he's seen the Roman games played. And so he's using that analogy to talk to the press and the race of life. And I heard the story told the other day, and it, it caught my attention. I don't know how true it is, but it, it seemed plausible to me. It was a time when they were climbing, and during the Olympics, mountain climbing was going on. Now, this is back in the Grecian days, the old Olympics. Matter of fact, just recently in the last decade or so, they returned mountain climbing as an Olympic sport. But it used to be an Olympic sport before. And so the men would run up the mountain, would climb the mountain, and they would all get to the top, and they'd be celebrated. But it wasn't one time up, you had to go up twice. So they get to the top, carefree and easy. And then they'd have to go back down to the bottom. But at the bottom, they picked up their weights, the stones, the rocks, and put them on their back. And then they had to start back up the same mountain again. The first time they were conquerors because they conquered the mountain. But the second time carrying burdens with them. Carrying a weight with them. Carrying a load with them. Carrying some stuff with them. When they got to the top of the mountain the second time they they were given a ribbon they were giving a prize and they were told you're not just a conqueror you're more than a conqueror <laughs> i want to tell somebody here you 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 already you forgot how much you had to get through to get where you're sitting right now you're already more than a conqueror. If folk even had an inkling of all the stuff you've been through in your life, of all the people that criticized you and hated you and despised you, all the folks that tried to put landmines in your way and tried to dig ditches for you and said you couldn't make it, if they knew an inkling of what you've been through, physically you were sick and then God healed you. If they only had an inkling of the sorrow that you've experienced with the loss of loved ones, if they only had an inkling of the trials you've been through with your children, if they only had an inkling of the relatives that messed with your head, or the people that went in and out of your life like a racing car, speedway, if they only knew 
been a conqueror. You've been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated, been buked, scorned, talked about, sure as you're born. You've been up, you've been down, almost level. Long as I got King Jesus. <laughs> to the ground. Long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. So, so why do I lift up Paul here? Paul is dealing with Judaizers, legalizers, who are talking about his apostolic authority and his theology. He's dealing with a people that he wants to hold on to what God has given them. He's dealing with people who think, who have been uh, lied to that the resurrection already happened as though they had missed it, that something had taken place spiritually they didn't get. And he's trying to encourage them that they could still keep growing in God and mature in the midst of all the junk that was going on around them. He wrote them said, look, you're going to make it. And, and look, don't think I already got it all together because I'm still working on it myself. He said, but we're going to make it together. Follow my example. I'm pressing towards the mark of the prize of the higher calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Follow my example. Don't, don't fool with them other folk. Because those other people have given way to worldly thinking and fleshly thoughts and all they think about is their God which is their flesh and their belly. He said, but I need you to stick with what I'm teaching you. And, and so in, in just a few moments, I want to give you four attitudes that will help you not give up. I, I'm not going to be long, but I, wow. I think I see this in, in, in the apostles' writing and work, and, and, and he has four, just four, just four. There are many ways in which you need to reframe and your life and think about it again, but the first of which is, number one, a resoluteness toward better. A resoluteness towards better. You must believe that you can have better, that you deserve better, that God wants better for you, that you don't have to settle, that God got something with your name on it, and that you have the privilege of better just because you're a child of God. You have to believe and have a resoluteness toward better. not just learning to be content it's learning to be content while I reach for better I ain't mad at where I am but I do know God has something better you, you, see, I, I, I need to recognize that I celebrate where I am today but I know God has something better I ooh, this might mess with somebody because the, this, this resoluteness towards better comes with uh, the need for a forgettery. 
I, it may not be in the dictionary. I might write my own. Oxford has theirs. It could be the dictionary of Watts. You got a memory. I think you need a forgettery. Some things you got to forget. Watch this, watch this. Never allow the past to keep you stuck in its grip. Uh, some of y'all still stuck in your past. And, and you, you almost could tell where they're stuck at because they go right back to it all the time. Back in 1989, you just should have seen me there. Ooh. Child, I used to, what you look at, I used to, what Medea said, I used to drop it like it's hot. Now I have to place it down like it's warm. <laughs> Never allow your past to keep you stuck. Let, let me preach. Nostalgia can be the enemy of the newness God desires for your life. Nostalgia can be the enemy of the newness that God desires for your life. You sit around pining for the good old days. Well, let me help you here. They gone. They ain't coming back. I, I, I had a cable guy, you won't believe it. cable guy came in uh, to talk, and he was telling me about he's at a client's house who had a big, beautiful TV, and he said, he said he was trying to get the man to understand something. The client had just bought a 75-inch screen TV, and, and everything, every channel was crystal clear, and everything was sharp, but he was mad because his favorite channel was not that clear or sharp. And he was upset. And so I said, well, what was he trying to watch? He said, Gunsmoke. <laughs> you can't make something made in the 60s look like something made in 2021. some stuff that has changed and even your pleasant memories some of which need to be archived listen to y'all watch this archive your past so that you can put your future on alert <laughs> archive your past so that you can put your future on alert. I don't care. When you were young, you subtract all the, the Denzel Washington. I don't care. Morris Chestnut used to be in love with you. You ain't that age no more. Attract what's good, what God's sending you. Thank God for it. You don't have to be a lioness or a cougar. Deal with what God gives you. Come on. Listen, brother. You can't run like you used to run.
Some of y'all think some of these old men got good pimp walks. They just got sore knees. Don't love who you. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Let me tell you, I felt my release in that song. I felt the release. And when I, when I got it, I needed it. So, so I got to finish this sermon, and, and I'll tell you about my, my story in a minute. Philippians uh, 3.13 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my, my own yet. But this one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, behind and reaching forward. Let me tell you this. You've got to know that what God has for you is in front of you. There's a reason why the windshield is a lot bigger than the rearview mirror. Because you're supposed to pay attention to what's ahead of you. I, um, I, I was learning how to ride motorcycles again, uh, again, meaning I've always rode, ridden motorcycles as a young guy I was riding when I was in Alabama, but I went to take a motorcycle safety course uh, back in the 80s. I took another course, and so I went to take a course, and a guy named Dick Lord, wonderful man, was teaching me, and he was, he was telling me about riding bigger bikes, because I always rode smaller bikes, and he was saying to me, he says, let me tell you something. You have to remember one thing about a motorcycle. It's going to go where you're looking. So if you're looking on the ground, I'm trying to help somebody. You don't realize your life has been going where you've been looking. If you quit looking in the past for your life, you might get to your future. Okay, okay. I got I gotta go. I gotta preach. I gotta preach. This this is good stuff to me. Number two, number two. I, I said number one was a resoluteness toward better. Number two is a relentlessness towards business. A relentlessness towards business. He says, I press. I am I am continuing to go in that direction. I have to keep on pressing. I can't let up. Can I, can I say this to y'all? I don't know about you. Some of y'all have vehicles different than mine. But when I take my foot off the gas, it starts to slow down unless I'm on a hill. In which case, if I'm on a hill going down, it may pick up speed. That ought to tell you something. Because, see, the only time you pick up speed when you ain't trying is when you're heading downhill. Otherwise, you have to do something to affect where you're going. You ain't preaching. Let me preach today. You better help me. I feel like preaching. He says, you've got to stay relentless toward your business and keep on pressing. Don't just press one time. Keep pressing in. Press into God. Press into prayer. Press into fasting. Press into your salvation. I, I, I just feel like preaching. Number three, number three, number three, 
you've got to have a reassurance toward building. <sighs> a reassurance towards building. You, you've got to understand, the apostle tells them that all of us who are spiritually mature are those of us who are pursuing spiritual perfection. We're building on what God is doing. This verse 15, verse 15 says, should, we should have this attitude. And if in any respect you have a different attitude, God will make that clear to you. Only let us, let us stay true to what we have attained in God. You've got to keep on building towards spiritual maturity in God. Your attitude has to be, I don't care if I'm 8 or 80, I'm going to keep on growing. I'm going to keep on learning. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on becoming what God wants me to be. Let me close this thing out. You've got to know something about what God is doing in you and the building God is doing. God says, I need you to understand that I'm going to bless you so much that I'm bringing the supply. Y'all missed it, went over your head. Let me back back up, bring it back again. Philippians 4.19 says this, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Help me, help me in one minute. That's not just money when you're broke. That's not just that. No, he's talking about spiritual maturity, developed relationships, new mind, new wisdom, drying your eyes when you've been crying, giving you comfort when you've been down and out, picking you up when you've fallen. God is going to provide all of your needs. God will provide everything you need. You ought to be a reassured. God will provide everything you need on. I close with this one. I don't have time to do this. But um, if I did, if I did, if I did, if I did, you just don't know if I did. Okay. This last one, this last one. This one here? Okay. Number four, you've got to have a robustness toward the blessing. Let me, let me, I need to, I got to do this because somebody, some of y'all ain't ready for this one yet. You got to have strength to keep pushing towards your blessing. Not, 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 not a little bit. Can I, can I be ebonic for a moment? There's sometimes you need strength and sometimes you got to have strength. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, let me let me help you here, because sometimes that God wants to do for you is gonna mean you gonna leave some folk behind. Everybody can't take the next ride with you. There may be some people that can't hang with what God's getting ready to do. Don't be upset about it. 
let me let me get out of here. Let, I, I, I don't have time to do it, but if I did, I would I would really wreck wreck with this thing. So I'm gonna throw an A B C here, and I, maybe sometime I'll get back, able to come back and tell you this. Here are three things that the Apostle Paul says A B and C that come up in the next section of the chapter in verses 17 through 21. And I don't have time to do it, but if I did, I would just give you A B and C. A you have to reject some things. B, you have to refocus, and C, you've got to get ready to be refashioned. That, that, I just, I don't have time to do it, but let me give you just a taste of this so I can close this sermon out. He says, you need to recognize that you've got to reject people that don't want to serve God. You've got to reject people, verse 9 says, who are, who are coming under subjection and are in derision. He says you've got to reject those that are stuck with a worldly appetite, who are caught in their own sensuality and the vanity, and who have given up shame and are doing whatever they want to do, who are focused only on temporal things. He says you've got to reject those kind of people because God's called you to something higher and some people don't want to go up they're enjoying what's happening on the down low and if you're going to be what God wants you to be you might have to get off the down low train and move on a higher train on a higher plane but then you've got to refocus because you've got to realize that you don't just live here you're a citizen of another kingdom you're a part of the peculiar people you're a royal people a holy generation and because you're peculiar God has his hand on you excuse me if you don't realize God's got his hand on me I'm a citizen of a fresh kingdom of God but one of these days the God I serve is going to come back for me and he's going to take me out of the body I'm in and give me a resurrected body some glad morning when this life is over i fly away giving up is not an option somebody give god a praise come on you can do better than that give god a praise Well, I bless God for each one of you today. I want to extend an invitation. Maybe there's someone here today who wishes to give their life to the Lord. You, this is the opportunity. If you'd like to give your life to the Lord, or if you want to be a part of the fellowship of the Shiloh Church family, I want to give you that opportunity. You know, here at Shiloh, New London, we are what God has made us and what we're trying to be, our servants of God. And I want you to know that we welcome you here, no matter where you're from, no matter what place you are in, no matter what part of your journey you're on, we welcome you here at Shiloh. And so I extend the invitation, if you're in the audience and you desire to become a partner with us in this ministry, you can just raise your hand and an usher will come and give you some information. And I'm gonna ask that you just wait a few minutes after worship and we're gonna talk with you and pray with you. And then if you're online, I'm going to ask you now to email me, text me, write me, 
let me know. Say, I want to be an I member of the Shiloh family. This moment now, if every head would be bowed and every eye closed. If you're online, this is the opportunity now. Email us right now. Don't wait. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. We get with us today. We want to touch and agree with you. We know God is doing something great. For the Bible, come on, say it again. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Amen. I want to just extend an opportunity. If you're here in the sanctuary and you desire to give, you know, your tithe belongs to the Lord. No one should ever have to beg you to give God what God is owed and due. Your offerings are something you get to decide on how to share your gifts and offerings. And so here we have been doing capital stewardship for years now. And I'm believing God. I want to pay off all the lands. I want God to just make us debt free. I've got dreams for what God wants to do for us next. And I don't, I don't see traditional church the way I used to. I, I see prayer centers and gathering places for people to come together to meditate and talk about God and, and to, to learn of the worship and experience with the Lord. I see innovative worship coming in other ways and fresh ways. And I just believe God's going to lead us in that direction and I'm just trusting God. But I want you to tithe. I want you to give your capital gifts. Some of you said I'm gonna stand with the ministry with 20 or $25 a week, I forget the number now, uh, for the capital ca campaign. Join us, give. You can leave that at the door. No pressure. On your way out, ushers will receive that. If you're online, there are three ways to give. Cash app, Givelify, or you can mail it in. I trust God to bless you. If you have your offering in your hand that you're passing in, or you have your device that you can make it on, hold it in your hand now, symbolically, and let's just pray. Father, I thank you for gift and giver. Bless your people as they give this day for the uplifting of your kingdom and the tearing down of the works of darkness in the land. In Jesus' name, let them, Lord, not only let them get a return, but, Lord, let them recognize that their obedience created the return. In Jesus' name, amen.